Today's episode of the Locked On Phillies podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Locked On Phillies podcast. Today is Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. I am your host, recent Temple Media School graduate and lifelong Philadelphia Phillies fan, Dan Wilson. And on today's episode, we are talking about a doubleheader, the first one of the 2021 season. Uh, you know, they say the greatest two words in sports are game seven. Maybe it's play ball. I, play ball is a pretty good option there. But doubleheader are some of my favorite words in sports. No other sport do you possibly get two games in one day. Of course, shortly after finishing recording my episode yesterday, reports of excessive rain in New York washed out yesterday's ball game. So we have a doubleheader today. And so what does that mean? Well, it means a few things. One is Today we will get baseball started around 4:10 instead of 7:10. In accordance with the rules that began in 2020, we will have two seven-inning games, and we will have a 27th man on the roster, which means Spencer Howard making his debut on the major league roster in 2021. I'll get to him a little bit later in the program, but would be really interesting to see if he can find his way into today's ball game. Of course, today's ball game it's going to be. The first game is going to be a preview, or just the same as yesterday's pitching matchup, what it was supposed to be. We're going to have Chase Anderson going up against, or no, a little different for the Mets, actually. It's going to be Taiwan Walker, was originally supposed to be David Peterson. So we got Chase Anderson for the Phillies, which is the same, Taiwan Walker going for the Mets. And then in Game 2, we will have Aaron Nola going up against Marcus Stroman. First start of the year for Chase Anderson. Wasn't bad, I thought. Uh, he got through five innings. That's essentially what you want out of Chase Anderson. Five innings, two hits, two runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Him and Matt Moore were brought on this rotation to essentially eat innings for this team. And I mentioned it with Matt Moore in Sunday night's game. He allowed five runs, which is a little bit more than what you would want. But in a seven-inning game especially, if Chase Anderson can give you four, five innings, that is ideally what you're looking for. And what this also means is with yesterday's rainout, it means with the Phillies playing two games today, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday in New York, they're going to have a homestand against the Cardinals coming up, homestand against the Giants coming up, and their only off day really in the next couple of weeks here is next Thursday, April 22nd, before they begin a road trip out in Colorado and in St. Louis. Today begins a stretch, stretch of 27 games in 27 days. Now, of course, they're playing two today. They're off next Thursday. But this bullpen is going to be taxed at the end of this. And if you can take advantage, hopefully they can get a deep start. They absolutely need Aaron Nola to go deep into today's ballgame. Only went four innings in the game against the Mets last week. They definitely need these starters to go deep into games. This bullpen is going to be taxed after this kind of stretch with virtually no off time. Again, there is an off day next Thursday. These are division games. They're huge division games. Doubleheaders have not necessarily been friendly to the Phillies recently. They went just 5-11, I believe it was, last season. Yes, 5-11 in seven-inning doubleheaders last season. They actually did sweep a doubleheader against the Blue Jays at home. They also got swept in a doubleheader against the Blue Jays on the road last year. And that was the first time they had swept a doubleheader since 2012. So historically, the Phillies either get swept in these doubleheaders or they take one of two. Statistically speaking, usually these doubleheaders get split one of two. Definitely looking for at least one of two in New York today. Certainly anytime Aaron Nola goes on the mound, you hope to win behind him. But that's what I'm looking for. The lineups are out for the first uh, game of today's doubleheader. We, of course, will not know the lineups for the second 
until in between games one and two. For the Phillies, it will be McCutcheon and left, Hoskins at first base, Harper and right batting third, Bohm batting fourth at third base, Didi Gregorius at shortstop batting fifth, Gene Zagura at second base batting sixth, and Bohm in the cleanup spot means that Andrew Knapp will be doing the catching for game one of today's game. He will be batting seventh, Roman Quinn in center field batting eighth, and Chase Anderson in the nine spot making his second start of the year for the Mets. No big surprises. Brandon Nimmo leading off in center field. Francisco Lindor at shortstop batting second. Dominic Smith in left field batting third. Pete Alonso at first base batting fourth. Jeff McNeil at second batting fifth. Michael Conforto in right batting sixth. James McCann behind the dish batting seventh. Luis Guillorme batting eighth at third base. And Taiwan Walker again making his second start of the year batting ninth. Definitely expect to see JT Romuto behind the dish in game two to catch Aaron Nola. Probably expect to see a split of Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley today. Roman Quinn was supposed to be in the lineup yesterday, but imagining we're going to see both of them. I highlighted on yesterday's program how neither one of them and really just the bottom of the Phillies lineup in general has not produced a ton this season. Still looking for that answer in center field, and ultimately I have a suspicion that they may have to go down into the minor leagues or even look outside of the organization if they're serious about contending this year. And so that's what the lineup we have for Game 1 today in New York. Again, Game 2, not expecting a ton of changes. Probably Romuto in the lineup, Hazley in the lineup, and of course, we'll have Aaron Nola on the mound. On the other side, I wanted to get into a few more things, highlighting uh, what really I'm looking out of, looking for out of Aaron Nola today. I already kind of touched on Chase Anderson. Just give me four, five, six innings. Maybe it's asking too much. would be great. But again, in a seven-inning game, the less the the one good thing about the rule, and it's not a rule that I'm in favor of, by the way. I think it's a little gimmicky. I actually dislike the seven inning doubleheader more than the runner on second base in tenth inning in the tenth inning because I think there's pros and cons to that. I might even di- dislike it more than another rule I hate, which is the three batter minimum for pitchers. Of all the rule changes they made, I think this is the one I hate the most because you're actually changing the length of the game. But the Phillies should use that to their advantage. All teams should be using it to their advantage. You're entering a huge, huge stretch of games with very little off time coming up here. Again, 27 games in 27 days with one off day, starting with a doubleheader at City Field today. Use your bullpen uh, basically as infrequently as possible. Not because I don't have trust in that bullpen, but they're going to have to pitch a lot of innings here. There's going to be days where your starter can't go that deep into the game. And when you only have to get through seven innings instead of nine, if we could avoid extra innings today, that would obviously be great. Hopefully Anderson can give you five innings at least like he did last time. Aaron Nola can go deep into the game. Because look, a six, seven inning start, that's the entire game in these doubleheaders. So I'll talk more about what I'm looking for out of Aaron Nola in today's game. We'll talk more about the doubleheader. Uh, And also wanted to remember a broadcasting legend who we lost 12 years ago today. All of that on the other side. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for the professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based on what the market will bear. Just like airlines do, rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Rockauto.com is a family business. 
serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanted to talk about really what we're going to see in game two of today's doubleheader. Again, we got kind of the wraparound on the rotation, right? We got Chase Anderson in the five spot, or the Phillies have Chase Anderson going in the five spot, and then Aaron Nola going in the, you know, the aces spot, the number one spot in game two of this doubleheader. Ultimately, assuming there's no extra innings, 14 innings to get through today. Aaron Nola, he got through six innings on opening day. Obviously struggled towards the end, running a fastball into Pablo Sandoval. It was one mistake, but that was the end of his day. And he pitched only through four innings in his second start of the year against the Mets last Wednesday. I actually thought he battled through some counts well. He he ran a lot of high counts, not getting ahead of batters, letting batters stay in it. And a lot of long battles, a lot of allowing base runners. Again, he only allowed a couple of runs in that game. But the pitch count just got far too high to leave him in there for any longer. It didn't look like he had his sharpest stuff. And when you're trying to get through, or I should also go back and correct, for opening day he went six and two-thirds, struggled to get through the seventh. Archie Bradley, I believe it was, finished that outing. But he got through exactly four innings in the game against the Mets last Wednesday. If you remember that day game, it was a 4.05 start. And he allows six hits, just one run, two walks, five strikeouts, a lot of deep counts. Uh, Aaron Nola so far this season, just something to note, he's been throwing the fastball a lot more. He's throwing it 43.8% of the time. Uh, that's up from just around 25% of the time last season. Again, that's stat courtesy of Baseball Savant. And his sinker uh, going from just around 21% of the time going down to 2.3% of the time here in 2021. He still has been messing with that cutter a little bit, throwing it just around 10% of the time here this season. Uh, Aaron Nola, we could, again, I talked about this with Johnny Heller. We could sit here and debate all day long, whether he's an ace, whether he's not an ace. Ultimately, I think he's the Phillies best pitcher. He's slotted as the, the best pitcher in this rotation. I believe Joe Girardi believes it's the best pitcher he has right now. And he's been the opening day starter now four times in a row. And it's the first time anyone's done that since Steve Carlton. I'm not comparing him to Steve Carlton, but this is the ace of the staff as far as I'm concerned right now. And when you have two games, I, like I can't emphasize that enough, you have two games going seven innings today, You prob- depending on what you how hard it is to get through game one, look, if Chase Anderson can give you five innings again, that is you know a manager's dream for Joe Girardi right there. But Aaron Nola is really the guy you're looking to today to get deep into this game, give you six innings, maybe even a complete game. But ultimately, let's say he can go six innings Maybe you go to Neris for a save in the seventh, as weird as that sounds. Use the bullpen as seldomly as possible today. Historically, again, the Phillies have not been good at sweeping these double headers, so more than likely one of them is going to get into trouble at some point. You're going to have to go to that bullpen. And that leads me to a guy in Spencer Howard who I'm interested to see if he makes his debut because, again, we're talking about a stretch of 27 games in 27 days, including the doubleheader today. Spencer Howard not on the active roster. Oftentimes, managers look to use what used to be the 26th 26th spot 
on that roster for a doubleheader. Now the 27th spot on that roster. You Spencer Howard because you have him for the day and he's not going to be pitching innings at the Major League Club, at least in the foreseeable future, for the remainder of this stretch. Spencer Howard, not a great opening season. Still one of the most highly ranked prospects in the Phillies organization. He started six games for the Phillies last year, a 5-9-2 ERA. Certainly not where Phillies fans or the Phillies organization was hoping he would be at through his first season. I still have high hopes for him. I still think they have high hopes for him. Just to kind of remind you what he had in his arsenal a year ago. Through that fastball, right around 56% of the time. Through a slider, about 22% of the time. A changeup, 16% of the time. And a curveball, 6% of the time. Really interested to see, A, how he does in year two of his career. As well as how he would adapt to a potential bullpen role. He's certainly been a starter most of his career, as a lot of pitchers are, uh, who make it to the big leagues. But been a pitcher most of his career, again, was a starter last year, a starting pitcher most of his career, was a starter last year for the Phillies and just a handful of starts. They're using him right now at the alternate site in Lehigh Valley as a start, build up his innings. Of course, he's on an innings count, particularly at the major league level for the Phillies this season. So I'm interested to see what his pitching arsenal and how he adapts to potentially being used in a bullpen role today or throughout the course of the season. You know, if Chase Anderson gets into a little bit of trouble, do they go to Spencer Howard for a couple of innings? Ultimately, if they could work his his workload back up to a point where he could go multiple innings out of the bullpen, I would by far rather have him coming out of the bullpen than a guy like Vince Velasquez if this team is contending down the stretch. I get that they signed Vince Velasquez this past offseason to $4 million. I don't think anyone really wanted him back. He was horrible in the one game he's been in this far, walking in essentially four runs, and or walking in one run, and then there's three extra runs coming in around the score that were all charged to him. Ultimately, I'd rather, ha- if we're going to have a guy who can go multiple innings out of the bullpen, and that's how you want to manage his innings this season, I'd rather Spencer Howard, yes, get him his starts down in AAA, but at some point, I would like to see him back on the big league club, building up his major league experience. And if he can actually help this team win, then I think he needs to be up here. So we're going to get the first look, or potentially, I should say, the first look at Spencer Howard up at City Field today, as he is the 27th man for this doubleheader. So certainly looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting. Always interested to see how managers you know, handle these doubleheaders, whether you're in a close game, whether you're in not such a close game. Again, it's going to depend on how Chase Anderson goes in this game. But ideally, if that bullpen door can, the minimum amount of times possible, the the less that bullpen door opens at City Field today, certainly the better, because the Phillies have a, I've been using the word a lot, gauntlet of this gauntlet schedule to start the season between the Braves, Mets, Braves, Mets. And now they have a gauntlet start to the season just by having that game washed out yesterday. By the way, if you think the Phillies have it bad with now 27 games in 27 days, the Mets... I believe they had just as many games canceled as they have actually been played. They'll be facing Marcus Stroman today, who pitched a third of an inning the other day against the Marlins before that game got washed out. They had three games to start the year canceled due to COVID reasons, and then they had yesterday's game get rained out. So they've played five games. They've had five games canceled due to a combination of weather and COVID reasons. So the Mets are going to be playing a lot of games coming up here and have virtually no off days. The Phillies also working themselves uh, with a rainout to start this stretch of the season where they basically have one off day between now and the middle of May. On the other side, I want to pay tribute to, again, a broadcasting legend. I think you all know who, you're, who I'm talking about. It is Harry Callas. We lost him 
12 years ago today in Washington. Just going to give you some quick thoughts on him and wrap up the podcast here. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, or not college basketball, Major League Baseball, rather, and the NHL are all in full swing. Hope you had Baylor in your brackets, because if you did, you definitely cashed out. BetOnline, it even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. And that promo code is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data in nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanted to wrap up today's show just with a little, uh, you know, tribute and remembrance of uh, where I was 12 years ago today, and I think we all remember where we were, uh, August or April, not August, April 13th, 2009, the day we lost, uh, Harry Callis, which, you know, as someone who grew up wanting to be a broadcaster, you know, I'm not going to overdo it and say that it was only because of Harry Callis. There are a lot of broadcasters I grew up watching, uh, and kind of made me want to do this, whether it be play by play guys, love the play by play guys we have now, of course, in the city, you know, whether it be Tom McCarthy, Scott Fransky, um, or even across all sports, Mark Zumoff, Jim Jackson, who was with the Phillies for a while, of course, Merrill Reese. There were a lot of guys I grew up listening to, a lot of radio guys who I grew up listening to, but Harry Callis's voice, there's something that's just extra special about it, his ability to connect with players. And the reason why I say I, you know, connected with a lot of broadcasters growing up is I actually wish that I was old enough to kind of have a stronger appreciation for Harry Callis's career for longer. You know, I'm sitting here 23 years old, so I would have been, yeah, 11 when he passed away back in early 2009. Certainly, not that there's ever a, you know, good way to pass on from this earth, but almost seemed fitting. People always say, oh, he passed away doing what he loved. Almost seemed fitting that he passed away in a broadcast booth getting ready for a game, uh, that he lived just long enough to call the Phillies winning the World Series because he had waited his entire career to do it because Major League Rules prevented him from doing it in 1980, and they changed the rules so that local broadcasters could still do it on radio beginning the year following that. And he waited all this time, and the Phillies finally come through for him and, you know, passes away just a few years later. Of course, the Phillies honor him every year, remember him. Kane Callis, his son, still sings the national anthem, frequently did it on opening day. And they I, even the game I was at uh, against the Braves last Sunday, it was Sunday, April 4th, they played a video recording of Kane Callis singing it. So always cool to, you know, remember him, remember where I was. I remember I was in school uh, hearing it on the radio. I kind of still get, not goosebumps, but chills and even get a little emotional listening to Scott Fransky open up the broadcast that day, just the day where baseball seemed meaningless. Uh, Some other things I remember about that trip, I remember... Uh, the Phillies were slated to visit the White House. I think it was the next day and ultimately did not visit with President Obama until a month later. Um, And this is kind of just what I'm remembering from, again, me being an 11-year-old. I grew up listening to him just my very early years of 
enjoying baseball, watching Phillies baseball, listening to Phillies baseball was with Harry Callis. I'd love to hear from certainly other Phillies fans and certainly some of the older Phillies fans uh, who just frankly had the opportunity to enjoy his work for longer. Still get chills, and I wasn't even alive, and that's weird for me to you know, feel so emotionally attached to some of his calls from before I was born. Most specifically, of course, uh, is the Mike Schmidt 500th home run in Pittsburgh. Can still play that in my own head. Um, so it's always very cool. And some of the greatest calls in Philly's history, growing me just growing up or through the 80s, through the 90s, whatever era it might have been that everyone kind of really got into the Phillies. He just was the voice of summer. And I think specifically something that's special about baseball broadcasting, I don't know if it's the history of it. I don't know if it's because it's during the summer and people have memories of listening to the radio, uh, you know, whether down the shore or in the car driving around during the summer. Something about baseball on the radio and even just baseball on TV because I think it's such a slow-moving sport and it's a marathon of a season. You get connected to the broadcasters in a way that maybe just isn't really allowed for in other sports, and that's no knock again on some of the great broadcasters in this city or otherwise that we have for basketball, hockey, football, whatever the case might be. But I think baseball broadcasters, uh, it's especially hard because the game is so slow moving. There's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of storytelling that isn't just here's what's happening on the field that exists somewhat in some of those other sports. So always thought Harry Callis's uh, ability to do that was exceptional. And I didn't even have a strong appreciation for how hard that kind of thing was when I was a kid, right? Like I kind of now have a stronger appreciation just Every now and again, I'll pull up a YouTube clip listening back to how he called a certain inning or a certain highlight, and I don't need to tell anyone just how great his voice was, and it's kind of hard to coach that. That's just a God gift, and fortunately, we were we had many years of enjoying it here in Philadelphia. So today, we remember Harry Callis. If you want to message me, tweet at the show uh, with memories of Harry, memories of old Phillies games, or I know a lot of people had the opportunity to meet Harry. I never did. Uh, again, I was only 11 when he passed away, but certainly his impact in the Phillies organization lives on. I've actually, now I can't even believe it, lived longer where Harry has been gone than uh, beforehand. But just a, one last final thought. The first ever ringtone I had on my very first phone that I got right around when I was 11 or 12 was Harry Callis' call of the Phillies winning the World Series. It would literally play every time someone would call or text me. Uh, I So that certainly never got old. And it literally sat there for a few years. And it drove some of my friends nuts because I, I have it committed to memory. And sometimes I would let the phone just ring just to impersonate the call. And as gimmicky as that is, and you know, some people say, oh, I used to mute the TV uh, as a kid and try and broadcast these games or, di or would somehow impersonate the guy on the radio. That was my thing is I would let the phone ring and actually just like, do the call with him. So always felt connected to Harry in that way, uh, in whatever way I could. So if you have any stories about Harry, old time Phillies, whatever the case might be, today we remember Harry Callis, who passed away April 13th in the booth in Washington at Natchez Park, uh, April 13th, 2009. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. You can follow the